Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Uh, this segment of the show is brought to you by Exit and Retirement Strategies and features George Hicks. He's the Chief M&A Officer of the M&A Brokers. George, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really honored. It's my pleasure. We're going to talk about uh, the, the world of M&A, about how to prepare your business and what you guys do, which is really get the job done to sell a business. First, we'd like to start off with getting a little know a little bit more about our guest. George, can you tell us about your personal background? Sure, absolutely. I'm a, a proud dad of a couple of grown girls, so just back in business and having fun with that. And just in terms of uh, things that I do when I'm, when I'm not uh, working and, and managing M&A deals, I'm, a, I'm an open ocean swimmer. I've done the Golden Gate Bridge a couple times and, and Alcatraz, and that's a bunch of fun, and been making wine for a decade or so, so those are fun avocations to to play with when I again when I'm not doing the M&A stuff that's fantastic I, I don't know anybody that's done that that swim that must be uh, quite an experience it's quite an adventure no doubt about it <laughs> so how did you get started in the in the world of M&A you know I've been an entrepreneur my entire life I, all the way back to when I was a kid I'm sure there's people out there with similar stories that you could never really work for someone you're always doing something and and creating and and that kind of thing so I've, I've owned my own companies I've grown them I've downsized them I've sold them and what brought me to, to M&A and what I've been doing for the last decade and more is I was actually looking for a company to buy here over a decade ago and you know met, a, met another group and was, was recruited uh, by them. So uh, the first couple of years were a little rough as you get the learning curve, but uh, this is a fabulous spot to be. You, you meet a lot of very interesting people, see a lot of interesting situations and, and dynamics. What types of businesses are you typically looking at to, to help sell, George? You know, our segment, we're, we're right here in Southern California, so we're really industry agnostic. You know, our, our segment is geographic. You know, if we're Ventura to Riverside to San Diego, uh, we try not to get on a plane for anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, another criteria would be just the size of the business. And we're in what I call the micro-middle market. So we're just underneath the investment bankers that are in the true middle market or the lower middle market, and it's uh, it's underserved. And these companies typically have $1 million to $20 million in gross revenue. And the, in, the industries themselves are, again, it's agnostic. We, we do everything from manufacturing, distribution, and B2B businesses, do some retail, so across the board. So are is the calls you get from business owners typically... I'm ready now, or is it I'm getting ready in the next few years, or what do you hear on a day-to-day -day basis? It's probably all over the board, but... It is all over the board, and it's uh, it's mixed. We we get people that may have uh, a small crisis on their hands. There, there might be a health issue. There might be complete burnout. Uh, those motivations uh, bring us in and, and have us taking action immediately in what we're experts at, and that is transactions. So we're, we're good at packaging those, we're good at marketing them, and we're good at managing them to the close where they're cashed out. 
Now, we love talking to people in non-crisis mode. Mm -hmm. um, and we've even got some products for that. We, we have the sellability score, mm -hmm. which is a wonderful confidential online assessment that immediately gives a zero to 100 score on the saleability of your firm. And that's a great way for someone that's two to five years out to get a little snapshot of how saleable their firm is. That often precipitates even consultants coming in and helping them position their firm to transition more easily down the road. And that's key is that the transferability is, is really being ready to transfer. But you mentioned something. Uh, what's the difference in your experience in what you can get for somebody value-wise when they need to sell versus when they want to sell and it's a few years down the road? You know, positioning a firm, if you have that luxury, is absolutely the right approach. And to, you know, put yourself in a buyer's shoes. You're going to be coming in and you're going to be analyzing a, a list of things to determine if this is the right business for you to acquire. And it starts with clean financials. It stops, um, goes to the operations of, of the business. Are there client concentrations? Uh, what's the depth of the organizational chart? Those types of things uh, are all involved in what's called due diligence, when a buyer gets involved and writes an offer and is truly interested in a, in a firm. So, but back to the, the crisis mode, when businesses are in a crisis mode, um, you would probably have to say they didn't see that coming. When, when somebody says, look, George, I need to sell. Somebody just died, somebody got sick, I'm tired, I'm burned out. And what's the importance in that situation of them being ready for sale at that point versus, now I'm sure you've walked into businesses and just go, wow, this is going to be hard. We're, we're going to lose a lot of value because it's not a very sellable or you know ready for sale. Bill, on a regular basis, I run into that type of thing, and I, I keep pretty good statistics on this. And I'll, I'll sit down and meet with 10 sellers that indicate they want information on selling their company, uh, that type of thing, I'll sign two of them. You know, it's a pretty significant statistic. And those other eight, there's a lot of things going on there. They're, they're either not saleable. We, we work on what is called a success fee. So we have to be very careful with who we get engaged with. Right. We don't get paid until the deal gets done. So we, we really have to love you and like what we're looking at to so go to work on it. In those records you've kept, what about the other eight? How many of them have come back, and what what's the turn, turnaround time? Because the reason they, they don't go through with it is probably because you tell them what they're worth, right? And they go, uh, can't sell for that. That's probably the number, <laughs> that's probably the number one uh, uh -huh. issue when I don't sign someone, is they've got a company that'll sell for $2 million bucks uh, on, on the open market, and they need four to, to retire. So I'm not going to be able to help them. Mm -hmm. at, at that stage. So what we do then is reach into our quiver of resources and get an appropriate consultant in there to get the growth or get the operational efficiencies or whatever it might be in order to get them to their target level. What do you think the outcome would have been if those eight had come to you two years earlier and said, George, in two years I want you to sell the business? What, what, do you th what percentage do you think you could have converted at that point? Oh, it would be near 100 by getting re by putting a few years into getting ready. Absolutely. We'd have a $4 million company then and, and meeting the objectives of the seller. we got just a minute till break, but sure. what's the first thing that you would do with them, with that person at that two-year pre-sale mark? What, what do you think the first thing that you would do in about 45 seconds here? 
you know, what you do is just do some initial analysis on the operation. You know, these things are primarily driven by their profitability, you know, the dynamic of that to get financing and et cetera. So uh, a quick thumbnail, you know, we're, we're pretty good at that uh, to see what kind of a, a target we would have. Uh, take a quick look at the operation, see if there's any deficiencies uh, on, the, on that side. Is the IT up to date? Uh, you know, just again, back to the organizational chart. How transferable is this company that we're looking at? Excellent. I'm talking with George Hicks of me, the M&A Brokers. We'll be right back Thank after you. this quick message. contemplating the sale of your business? The M&A Broker specializes in mergers and acquisitions of companies in the $1 to $20 million revenue range. George Hicks, the company's founder and chief M&A officer, brings over 30 years business experience to the mergers and acquisition profession. It's simple. The M&A Brokers is where businesses with $1 to $20 million in revenues get sold. For more information, call George Hicks at 310-320-5530. That's 310-320-5530. Hi, everybody. This is Spike Real with The Exit Coach. Business owners, can you name the eight key value drivers that you and your managers should be focusing on to increase the value of your business? Introducing the Sellability Score Index. Visit our website and answer 25 questions about your business, and you will instantly receive your Sellability Score, showing you how well you stack up in the eight value driver areas. It's a great management tool. It's absolutely free for our listeners. Just visit ExitCoachRadio.com and click Get My Sellability Score. Welcome back, friends. Just a reminder that we've interviewed dozens of advisors on a wide variety of topics, and you will find all of their interviews and highlights online at ExitCoachRadio.com or on iTunes. And I am talking with George Hicks, a fascinating discussion. George is the chief M&A officer of the M&A Brokers. And, George, uh, before the, the break, we talked about the importance of visiting someone like you well before the sale event is to occur so that they can get the best dollars and get ready for that. So if you will, can you walk us through a couple client stories where you have someone called you and said, George, I'm, I'm ready to go, or I think I'm ready to go, and uh, you, you worked with them and you had a successful outcome, and, and how did it all pan out? Sure, happy to do that. We've got a, a long list of uh, testimonials on this and a lot of fascinating people. I think one of my favorites was uh, a company that had a manufacturing firm doing devices for, for ultraviolet curing. And, uh, you know, they've been around for 20 years, and uh, the, the owner and partners uh, came to me. It was time for, for him to retire. So we got the company packaged, um, got a confidential business review together, and, and went to market on it. And at the end of the day, the gentleman was able to retire and go on his boat and get on with the rest of his retired life. So we, we love to see those situations. And in that particular case, we had a strategic acquisition. Somebody from the Midwest came in, and it was a nice bolt-on for the other types of things that they were doing, and it would give them a, a footprint even here in Southern California. For our listeners who aren't familiar with the term strategic acquisition, what is that? A strategic acquisition would be someone in the same industry. So this UV curing company was acquired by another firm. So there was synergies um, by putting those two businesses together. And we, we, do, we do quite a bit of that. Um, another area that we work with is uh, high net worth individuals on the buy side. And many times sellers aren't aware that that's a significant market for them on buy side. Explain that a little bit more about the high net worth. 
high net worth individuals are typically uh, corporate dropouts. Uh, they might even have large 401k plans that, that they can convert into self-directed IRAs and use those to buy companies. So you'll get people that take packages out of corporate America and, and maybe they're 50 years old or maybe they're 55 and they golf for a year and they, they need to do something else. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a pretty significant segment there of, of buyers on that side that is, is sometimes overlooked and, and true middle market M&A. Let's talk about that strategic situation again, because that's going to be a, a a large person, a larger company in your industry who's looking to bolt on your company, right, and, and take on those synergies. What are some of the common reasons what would make a, a smaller company attractive to a bigger company? Is it geographic? Is it niche? Uh, all of the above? It, it, it is those things. The geographic foot, footprint is often important to them. They, they may have a product line that is a great fit. It slips right in and complements the, the products that are being produced now. Another area that we've done quite a bit of strategic work on here through the recession has been underperforming companies and underperforming or, or not profitable firms have got some special challenges. Now the universe of buyers gets a little bit smaller with an underperforming company, but they can still be sold. They're absolutely marketable. And in those cases, it has to be a strategic buyer. You know, something has to change, but some company that was doing $4.5 million in revenue and is now doing three has still got market value. Mm -hmm. That cash flow stream, um, we can turn into money. The E is is gone from the EBITDA, but they still have value to the right buyer. Is that what you're saying? That's absolutely true. So if I'm a small company again, and I'm thinking, okay, I want to attract a strategic buyer, because that's going to get me a lot more, potentially, that's going to get me a lot more uh, uh, price for my business, right? A lot more sale revenue for my business, hopefully. It's possible. You know, what I've seen in strategic purchases for profitable firms is that you really need the mentality in that acquiring company. They need it part of their business plan. They're going to grow. Now, we'll outreach to a lot of these companies when we've got a, a seller packaged. Some of them are interested and some of them are not. We occasionally get to ring the bell and, and get something that is beyond market value. We, we might take that $4 million company and end up with five mm -hmm. uh, in some cases, but it's not it's the exception, not the rule. I guess where I'm going with it is thinking if I'm that small business owner and I, and I want to position myself to be a strategic acquisition down the road, I should probably do everything I can to understand what that strategic acquirer is looking for and become that become that. <laughs> just leave it at that uh, over the next few years if I can. Well, and so much of that is just the 101 of business. You know, have, have clean books. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, the have, have the organization nice, nice and tight so that when somebody starts looking at it, their confidence rises. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't go away and you, you lose your interested party. That's great. So let's get on to the, uh, the tips, ideas, and precautions for our listeners. Uh, we, we like to tell people, okay, you can listen to this show and get three tips, ideas, or precautions for most of our guests. What would you tell them? Well, what I would tell them, and we've touched bases just briefly on it, is that right at the top of the list is clean financials. And, um, you know, I don't care if you've got a boat in the harbor, and that's part of your compensation package for your closely held firm, but have some receipts for that boat in the harbor so when somebody starts looking at it and they realize they don't have that boat in the harbor, but that's still true income in a recast financial statement. 
and I, I may have mentioned that what happens with this is when you get it packaged and you get an interested party, that party will come in and one of two things happens. Either it, either they get enthusiastic about it and they gain confidence and you go get a deal done, or they lose confidence, you lose their interest, and you're done. And I would say the second thing uh, for, a, for a seller is you don't need to spend $10,000 bills to understand what your company is worth. Any good business broker is probably willing to come in and do a thumbnail so you know if you've got about a $2 million company or if you've got a $4 million company, and at least you have a thumbnail of where you're at. And most business brokers are capable of doing formal valuations. And you can get those for $1,500 or so to drive a stake in the ground and know where you're at. And I think most importantly, these are, these are market-driven observations from people that are selling companies. So you don't need to spend ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 to get a valuation uh, on your firm. And we touch base on this too. And uh, this is just the, the universe of buyers. Um, it goes beyond the obvious. The obvious is the strategic purchasers. You know, if they get large enough, you've got private equity involved. But high net worth individuals are a significant part of this one to $20 million gross revenue market. So don't forget they're there. It's an important part of the universe of buyers. In our last minute or so, uh, before we uh, talk about how to contact you, can you just give us a one minute on um, the breadth of who's out there to serve this marketplace? Business brokerage is a pretty bandied about term. Uh, I found out there a lot. What what separates the the champions from the uh, the the also rans out there? You know what they're capable of doing, and and you're right. Uh, business brokerage is a little bit of a mixed bag. It comes from its legacy. We're, we're actually regulated by the Bureau of Real Estate here in California, whether we should be or not. And the legacy of business brokerage goes back 30-some years, and it was dealing with smaller companies. And as the industry has matured, it's come along, and, you know, I just did a $15 million seafood processing firm. So there's a handful or more of us in, in Southern California that are capable of managing those types of deals in this micro-middle market. So experience speaks volumes, obviously, and the number of contacts that you would have within the industry and resources that you have available. Sure. So be careful who you work with out there. Um, George, how do they get in touch with you? How they get in touch with me is you can find me on my website, and that would be the mabrokers.com. And my office number is 310-320-5530. And if they call you or get on your website, is there anything that, any first step that you would take with them to, to get them acclimated? Well, there's a lot of information on the website, including the uh, sellability score. So there's some good basic info there to, uh, to get you started. And then, you know, make a phone call. It doesn't cost anything to, to see me and get a little bit of perspective. So find somebody like me or, or myself. George Hicks of the M&A Brokers, thanks very much for joining us today. It's been a, it's been a delight and a lot of great information. And uh, thanks uh, for coming in. It's been a terrific interview. Pleasure was mine, Bill. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 